I remember when I was in seminary and I was taking a class on preaching or gospel communication. And it was one of the hardest classes I ever took. Not because I, could, I couldn't understand the material. The material was pretty simple to understand. In fact, I would like to say when I was in seminary, I was a very good student. <laughs> I could memorize all the, the dates and stuff for church history. I could sort of write the papers that needed to be written because I had practiced writing papers. But preaching was a different story. Even though I did well in my classes, my other classmates were way far beyond me in their ability to preach and share the gospel. And it killed me. Why couldn't I succeed in this area? I do get good grades over here, but I can't do this well. Yet my friends, <laughs> their grades aren't good at all. <laughs> but they can convey the gospel better than, than I can. And then I had an epiphany. I realized what was going on. I had tried to tell a story about the gospel that wasn't my story. But I was trying to share the gospel in such a way that was someone else's story. And because it was someone else's story, the way I came across, came across artificial, bookish, and as a lecture, what was going on? You see, when I was in seminary, I was studying all about sort of Western Christianity. And in studying Western Christianity, I, I took on the Reformed faith and I started studying all these people these of history who had um, lived the Reformed faith. And my friends who were Caucasian had had parents and grandparents, legacies of this faith. And so when they were to step up and preach and share, all the doctrines, all the things that they've learned about came from their hearts. Because it was their history. And it was how they lived and they learned how to share the gospel. But I wasn't like that. And many of you weren't like that as well. Some of you did not grow up in the Reformed faith at all. So when you stand and you're sharing about Jesus, your story does not have those huge legacies behind it. And in fact, when you share your story, sometimes you feel ashamed because you're saying, my story seems too simple or even simplistic of what Jesus did for me. That day I dropped that class. <laughs> because I realized that the story they wanted me to share was a story of their legacy and not mine. And I asked myself the question, and I think all of us ask ourselves this question. Does my story of the way God saved me, can God use that to encourage other people? Can God use that 
to save other people. Could also, often we look at ourselves and we say, I don't want to share my story because it's so boring. I don't want to tell you about my relationship with Jesus because it's, it's, it feels so elementary. But God has done something for each and every one of us that we're thankful for. That each of our unique stories in Christ should be cherished. That it's something that we should be proud of. That it's something that we should declare to all of how Jesus loved me and saved me. And because he loved me and saved me, he can love you and save you too. You don't need someone else's story or co-opt someone else's story. Share your story that the Lord has given to you. When we look at the person of Moses, we often think of Moses as this bigger-than-life figure in the Old Testament. He is called the prophet of prophets for, for good reason. He is the one that when we see in Hebrews that Jesus is compared to as the model of what a prophet should look like and upon which every other prophet in the Old Testament is trying to follow. But Moses was more like you and me in this room than someone like Abraham or Isaac or Jacob who perhaps had a lineage of teaching, of walking with the Lord and seeing the Lord. Let me explain. The story of Moses. Moses was born to a Hebrew woman. But the Egyptians were concerned because the Hebrews were multiplying too fast. <laughs> too many Hebrews in Egypt, too many slaves. And said so there was a call to, you know, get rid of uh, some of these children. Moses' mother took Moses, put him in a river, as you all know. And the princess of, of the Pharaoh found, found Moses. Drew him out of the water and adopted him. This is indeed already the amazing story. Moses is a Hebrew. Moses is a slave. Moses has the features of, of a Middle Easterner. And yet, he was adopted as an Egyptian. And as you, the movie is entitled, he became the Prince of Egypt. But during the time when he grew up, he assuredly knew his identity. That he wasn't fully an Egyptian, but he was an adopted Hebrew. You can already see sort of the similarities for many of us. Yes, you belong to royalty, but you're really not. Yes, you're one of us, but you're really a little bit different. You were found as a babe. Moses grew up. Moses started to 
I believe, wrestled with this identity. And as he sort of learned that he was more of a Hebrew, he started to identify with them. And, and we know this because there was a fight between a Hebrew and an Egyptian. What happened? Moses stepped in. And he killed the man. And after he killed the man, well, the Egyptians said, listen, you committed murder. We, we, need to, we, need, we need to bring you in. Moses was doing what? He was defending a Hebrew. He was defending a slave. He was defending the people that he, he barely knew. Moses lived a complicated life already. Then he had to flee. He had to run away. So here is a, a Hebrew Egyptian who was both a, a product of slavery and a product of royalty running away. And he ran away to, to Midian. And he became a foreigner, a sojourner. He was looking for a place where the, the law of Egypt couldn't reach him. And he found it. And being an Egyptian Hebrew, he married a Midian woman. And he had children with her. Now some scholars say that Moses probably had to learn three languages as he was trying to navigate who he was and what God was doing through him. And that culturally he had to acclimate to each different place that he went to. He has a story that was probably very unique in that time, in that day. He was a man who had different cultures, different jobs, different sense of identity. I believe that this Moses is very similar to many of us here. When we feel out of place and out of sorts of wherever we may be. That in fact, we think that some of our stories can only be heard by other people who have similar stories. But God had different plans. God called Moses in Exodus chapter 3 up to a mountain where God revealed himself to Moses. And God said, Moses, you, who were born a Hebrew, but lived as a prince and lived as a refugee, you are going to be the one who goes down and, set, and, lets, and, and, and goes and, and leads my lead my people out of Egypt. And you can imagine how Moses might have thought about himself. How can I, Moses, lead a people out? I have no credentials. 
I have no say. No one really knows me. And yet you call me. And God said to Moses, all you need for you to go out and lead my people out of Egypt is my name. That I, Yahweh, have called my people out. That you are to go to speak and tell Pharaoh to allow my people to come out and worship me in my land. beautiful story of how God uses displaced people in his name to bring about salvation. Now God has mercy on him. And I believe in the sense we need to have mercy on ourselves. Moses says here, listen, I can't speak. I can't talk. I don't know what to say. I'm not really good at speech. I don't know how to express myself in one way or another. And God is kind enough and said, listen, take Aaron with you. Aaron is good at that. Go with you. But still Moses, who God has sent to lead his people out. I think there's a beautiful, beautiful lesson here of how God himself, when he chooses people to lead others, he chooses people in their weakness. He chooses people in their inability. He chooses people in their nervousness. And yet allows Moses and allows you and me to enter into this wonderful world of preaching and teaching and showing the gospel with whatever story that we have. Moses, as a man, would not have any credentials to go out and do what he did in our world today. But Moses had only one thing and that only, only needed one thing. It's the same thing that we have. It's the calling by God, his name and his presence that allows us to go out with whatever stories we may have. Brothers and sisters, my first encouragement to you is to be thankful. Be thankful with who you are and how God has made you. Be thankful for whatever has gone on in the past in your life. Be thankful in knowing that the Lord, if he can use someone like Moses and his history, can use you as well in any circumstances for his kingdom. Don't be mired in self-pity. Don't be mired in, I wish my life was X, Y, and Z. 
don't be mired in daydreaming about I wish I had I wish I had won the lottery. I wish I had just passed that exam. I wish just that one interview went well. Lament well about your sufferings in the past. But know that the Lord will use that in his sovereign knowledge and wisdom for his kingdom and for for you as well. We stand before God thankful for each and every person here. Thankful for the way God's grace is expressed through each and every person here. Thankful for the way that God is sanctifying each and every person here. Thankful for the way the gospel continues to work in you. We must look ourselves in the mirror and not see mistakes but see God's hand working in each and every one of us. You see, if God can use some scars like to say third culture person, tri-cultural person, displaced person, if God can use Moses to bring out his people. If God has chosen to use someone who was confused in their identity, at least culturally, surely God can use you. Surely God has used you and God will continue to use you. But that's not the end of the story. And in fact, that's not the main point of Moses. That's not the main point of the Old Testament. That's not the main point of, of, of our identity. Because in Hebrews chapter 3, the writer talks about there being a greater prophet, prophet than Moses. Moses perhaps was simply a, a slave or a servant in the household of God. Yes, he spoke the very words of God when, when God was with him. He did wonderful miracles. But there is a prophet who is greater than Moses. And that prophet that, that we celebrate, that we, that, that we enjoy, is our Savior, Jesus himself. For the role of a prophet is to speak the words of truth and love. The role of the prophet is to point people through words and through actions of the salvation that God has wrought in his people. And what Moses was able to do with halting words, perhaps, through Aaron and through his own mouth, Jesus himself did perfectly through his very own words and through his very own actions. Jesus is the only one who has spoken true words truly, to each and every one of us. And those true words need to be heard by you and me. What are those words? Jesus tells us 
that he came to save the lost. Jesus tells us that he and he alone is the light of this world. And Jesus himself tells us that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one else, nothing else. And God wants us to come to him in the midst of our confusion, in the midst of our struggles of identity, and just come before the cross and to hear the basic words of what it means to be a human being. It is to be loved by Jesus, by loved by God. It's that all the confusion that we have, that everyone has about who they are and where they come from stems all the way back to simply the fact that we have forgotten that we're simply made in God's image. We have forgotten that we're here simply because we, we want to be loved and show that love to other people. Then the very basic things, we're, we're all very similar. We want to be known. And that's what Jesus does for us. He, he makes the words, his words of salvation clear and true to us. And each and every one of us need an encounter with this truth. Moses had it on the mountain as we saw. God appears in the theophany. Moses sees God face to face. Moses hears the word of God. And when he hears the word of God, he, 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 he bows down before the Lord and all of a sudden he forgets about all of his issues, all of his struggles, all of his problems because he sees God. And surely the presence of God is all that matters. We see that in the story of Job as well. If you read the story of Job and all of his sufferings, you'll understand at the end of the story of Job, there is no answer. The only answer that Job gets is, I am here, that should be enough. And the story that God gives to you and me when we're going through our struggles is, is the same answer. I am here. I am the God with you. I am the God next to you. That is more than enough. My presence is all that we need to sustain ourselves in this world. For everything else that we're, we're suffering, going through, God will use and dictate to show off more of, of his grandeur in our lives, but also to, to enable us to go forth and share the gospel with other people. If you get stuck, always trying to figure out who you are, where you're going, and what you're doing in this life here, you will always be stuck in it. And you'll never, never be satisfied. Just one thing after the other. But if you stop now, and give everything to the Lord and say, I'm here just to meet you the greatest prophet who speaks the greatest truth and who does so lovingly 
and I'm here. You must be thankful not only for the way that God has made you, but you need to be most thankful for the way that God has saved you and has rescued you from the pit of trying to find yourself because you've already been found. Lastly, and we'll go more into this next week, people who are wanderers and sojourners like you, like all of us who know Jesus, people who encounter Jesus face to face and are refreshed simply by the encounter of him, what happens is we become free to know that in God's sovereignty, he has planned and he made us just the way we are in this culture, in this time. And instead of trying to figure out sort of, well, what does this make me? Am I a Jewish Egyptian Midianite? Am I a Midian Jewish Egyptianite? Am I a person who speaks Egyptian and Hebrew and some um, uh, Western Semitic language? What, what am I? That instead, Moses and us were able to say, I'm loved by Jesus and, I'm, and I am someone who knows Jesus. And by God's grace, he's given this wonderful, wonderful identity being Egyptian. I know why God made me Egyptian now. Being a Hebrew. I know why I was born into the Hebrew people, my people. In the Midianite, I know what it means to be a sojourner. And God, thank you that with the way that you've made me, you've given me a story. A story to share with people about the goodness of God. For my story is as precious to you as any other story. And my story and how you, Jesus, has used me can be refreshing and healing and effective in bringing the gospel to others. I encourage you. God has made you, all of you, in such wonderful ways. Listen to each other's stories and be amazed at how different everyone's stories are. Be amazed at how God has called each and every one of you be amazed that when you hear those stories that you yourself are encouraged because you realize that God is not only working in me, God is working in all of us. Encourage one another when you hear those stories and say, hey, listen, so-and-so, I loved hearing your story about how Jesus saved you. Go tell other people. Go share with other people. Go tell them that how Jesus has changed your life. Because surely God will use you as well. Speak. Don't be shy. 
Speak. Don't be embarrassed. Speak. Don't hide your past. Speak and show how God has used everything in you to bring about salvation in you. And may those who hear your stories be curious themselves and come to know our Lord Jesus. Praise be to our God who has given us every good gift. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us the lives that we have today. That our duty, in the sense, is to embrace who we are in the gospel, with respect to the gospel. Lord, you have spoken the very true words that we need to hear, that we are saved by grace and grace alone. That we are sinners, Lord God, but because of Jesus' blood, we've been washed. That, that, Lord God, that in all things that we do, Lord, that you are the one who moves in us, Lord. And so we praise you and we thank you. We ask of you, Lord, to help each and every one of us, Lord God. Because I know many of us are wrestling with who we are. What's our purpose in life? What's happened to us in the past? What's going to happen in the future? That all of that, Lord God, you see and you know. And the answer that we need to hear simply is that we belong to you. And in doing so, Lord, we can work out our faith, our salvation with fear and trembling, Lord, and with joy in you. So, Lord, be with our church. Be with everyone here who is listening, Lord God. Help us, Lord, to follow you and help us, Lord, to speak our stories of faith to all. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.